Hey, Fairborn City Manager Rob here with Megan Howard. Hey, Megan. Hey, Rob. How you doing? I'm good. Good. I am really excited about our guest this week on episode 39 of the Rumor Has a Podcast. 39. We're almost 39. Like 40. That's crazy. Isn't that crazy? I can't believe we've done almost 40 of these. I know. Well, we're super excited to have Mayor Paul Keller with us today. Good morning, Mayor. Good morning. I guess it's technically afternoon, so I don't know. It's, I don't know why I said that. But, well, because yeah. we usually see you in the morning. I we think. Do usually see you in the morning. And it's Wednesday, so I feel like that's a valid. Yeah. I'm making it up. Thanks. You're covering for me. <laughs> yeah. <I'm> I <trying, laughs> appreciate that. Trying my best. <laughs> We're all good. So, uh, Mayor, <laughs> we are really happy to have you here to talk about you've been a council member for 10 years, Correct. Six, six of which has been as the mayor. We want to get into all that. We want to talk about because you have a an incredible story um, and you've had some accolades, which we'll talk about a little bit uh, here, too. Uh, but let's kind of get into this. Right. You're what uh, um, like several of our of your colleagues on council. Uh, you are an Air Force veteran or Correct. military veteran. Um, you want to let's start there. Let's talk about your military service because you have a, a great story I want to get to about boot camp. But let's talk about your military service first. Oh, I um, born and raised in Middle Tennessee, maybe the hills of Tennessee. Um, but uh, after graduating from high school, there's not a lot of work to do in Middle Tennessee. Uh, nothing against farming, but that was uh, about the only option. Sure. I worked at a grocery store, stocking shelves right after I got out of high school. It says, got to be something else. So, <laughs> But the uh, Vietnam draft was hot and heavy at that time. I had a... A number coming up, and it's right. uh, if I don't do anything, I'm going to be a army ground pounder. Which nothing against those guys. I just didn't want to do that. Uh, right. Talked to the Air Force recruiter. My brother was in the Air Force, so I talked to the Air Force recruiter. He said, "Yeah, join the Air Force, see the world." Okay. And away we go. <laughs> and you certainly did that. I mean, you. And we'll get into that too. But so you go to uh, Andrews. Was it Andrews Base then? Was in San Antonio for your basic training. Lackland. Lackland, sorry. Yeah. Uh, Lackland, in, in, that's true. I'm not a military person. I apologize so for that. Good. I don't mean no disrespect. I wasn't right. going to say anything. Um, so you go to San Antonio for basic training. Yep. Um, you are about to graduate from basic training and, and given an assignment. Yep. And something fortuitous happened. Yes. Um, I had my orders um, and then um, I had a foot problem. I, I couldn't put my combat boots on, so... Um, several trips to the uh, clinic and uh, they ended up uh, washing me back uh, for a week while they took care of my foot. Hmm. But my um, my first assignment was a door gunner on a helicopter uh, during Vietnam. Uh, life expectancy of those folks, uh, not very long. Uh, so I credit that to some divine intervention uh, sure. early on in, in life. Uh, I ended up being uh, assigned as an aircraft mechanic, which suited me better. So you, you, and I think the, you know, a door gunner, I think the, the life expectancy was probably months, um, if I'm not mistaken. I think if it's that, not, not a, yeah, not a, a very difficult position to be, to be put in. So your guardian angel uh, steps in and. Uh, First one, I, I, as you know, we talked before, I, I've probably worn out several guardian angels in my life. I, I have a terrific pi price to pay at the pearly gates. That far, so. So you're uh, you get then you're an aircraft mechanic. Yep. Uh, you go to tech school. You graduate tech school. What's your first assignment then out of out of tech school? 
Um, tech schools in Chinood, Illinois, lots of snow. Um, one of my classmates uh, was from Florida had never seen snow. So he'd set it to one and watch it for hours. Uh, but uh, I graduated from uh, tech school. Uh, fantastic assignment, uh, Charleston Air Force Base, uh, just right right down the road from uh, Folly Beach. Oh, nice. Uh, young young airman and, and uh, the beach. And, I mean, what else could you ask for down there? <laughs> Uh, you then get assigned to you then have to serve a uh, tour in Vietnam. Um, and I know that that's a touchy subject for a lot of people, but tell us what you were assigned to a uh, support base uh, in Vietnam. And you want to talk a little bit about what you did there? Yeah, you know, I in Charleston, I was assigned to the military uh, airlift command, um, uh, finally known as trash haulers. Uh, somebody would give me heck over that, but uh, <laughs> we were. Uh, but we hauled a lot of a lot of good stuff around. Uh, also, uh, got to participate in the uh, by Africa Nigeria uh, Revolutionary War that was going on. Flew out of the Ascension Islands, flew medical supplies into them. Um, young airmen uh, told, uh, "This is what you're going to do," and uh, no uniforms, jeans and t-shirts. No kidding. Yeah. So, wow. Uh, my my first experience with that side of the Air Force. <laughs> right. But uh, uh, from there, uh, I was assigned to uh, Utapau, Thailand. Uh, we went from Military Airlift Command to Strategic Air Command, which is the, uh, the, the bombers side of it. Um, and uh, was assigned as a, a crew chief on a B-52 Delta D-Dog uh, aircraft. Uh, uh, big aircraft, a lot different than the uh, C-141s that I was working on in Charleston. <laughs> sure. So, Grizzly old flight line chief says, yep, third one on the left, or was it the fourth one? I forget. Down there, that's yours. Go get it. <laughs> and away we went for, for a year. And uh, Air Force uh, unaccompanied, unaccompanied um, tours, uh, year tour was uh, somewhere around 13 months. So okay. my 12-month countdown didn't work. Right. <laughs> you had another, yep. another month. Uh, so for those of you that, that – may not know aircraft, uh, the B-52D model, correct me if I'm wrong, is the B-52 that is located at the Air Force Museum, correct? It is. That is a D model. That is a D model. Okay. It's finally called the, the tall tail because it has a taller tail empennage on it uh, than the others. Uh, we flew uh, around the clock uh, out of the Gulf of Siam, uh, three to four hour mission uh, back uh Refuel, uh, munition maintenance uh, squad, the MMS guys uh, come out and load us up with bombs, and and away we go again. So right. it's uh, you, you, there's only two shifts, a day shift or night shift, and they're both 12 hours. So, And you told me you had a record. You held the record. I did. Uh, for a while, my, my aircraft flew four missions in 24 hours. Uh, so that was close to 16 hours of flying in 24 hours. Wow. So, uh, but uh, the old D model is a great airplane, uh, and I tell people, you know, the, the D model had the J-57 engines on it, and that's back, back when man thought we could burn water. We'd, uh, <laughs> we'd also load up 670 gallons of water for the water injection for, for takeoff. Wow. Wow. I, every time I listen to, like, you know, Paul and when, I, when we talk to Fred, I just, I've not done anything in life. Like... <laughs> <laughs> just well, blows my mind. And the amazing thing <laughs> that, that 
amazes me is, you know, you're a 19, 20 year old at this point. Yeah. Um, sent to a foreign country where you don't, you know, I know I probably couldn't find it on a map, um, but you don't know the language. You don't know the culture. You're sent into an active war zone um, for 12 months, 13 months without any family or, I mean, you're just kind of sent there cold and, and asked to do your job. Do your job. Yeah. That's what you do. How, how did that shape you? I mean, how did you, I should say this. Did you notice a difference from the young man that grew up in middle Tennessee near Lynchburg, <laughs> close to the Jim Beam, Jack Daniels, <laughs> Jack Daniels distillery, sorry. Um, to the, when you got done with your first tour, your tour in, in Thailand, how, how different were you? Well, you learn, you learn, um, endurance. Uh, you also learn, uh, uh, teamwork and some, uh, leadership skills as the, uh, younger guys come in. Uh, uh, I mean, I was uh, a whopping staff sergeant E5 at that time and, um, given supervisory, um, responsibilities that, uh, would never have happened in, in Charleston, South Carolina. Right. Well, because you're responsible not just for yourself, but there are others that put yeah. their life in your hands, right? Yes. Yes. I'm responsible for that aircraft. And, uh, uh, I was not part of the flight crew, uh, but I was on flying status, uh, and I flew with my aircraft. Uh, not every mission, but uh, uh, with several missions on on the aircraft. Uh, and when you weren't flying on your aircraft, you were helping the, the guy next door on his, uh, getting it repaired and uh, airworthy. Wow. So you you finish your tour in Vietnam. You come back. Um, you're still active duty. Uh, military still active duty yes um, where were you what was your assignment then after Vietnam where did you I was assigned to the hospital here at Wright Patterson Air Force Base and uh, went into the orderly room and uh, talked to the first sergeant and he says what are you doing here we don't have any uh, aircraft chiefs <laughs> here right so I don't know what happened to that uh, the uh, first sergeant for the 4950th test wing uh, uh, heard the conversation he says I need aircraft mechanics uh, come on over here I'll help you out so Away I went uh, to work for the 4950th uh, Test Wing, which was a fantastic assignment. I'd never been in the research and development world before. Um, they had 55 aircraft. Uh, no two of them were exactly alike. So, and they were all uh, had uh, what what they call class two modifications to them. Uh, uh, something hung off the nose, something hung off the side or off the tail, <laughs> off the wing, uh, or inside. Um, it was uh, a very interesting uh, time. They, they, we had the zero-G aircraft here that they used to train the astronauts on, uh, fly the porpoise uh, flight, uh, uh, positive, negative Gs. I believe that's aptly nicknamed the Vomit Comet. Vomit Comet, yes. <laughs> Did you get to fly in the Vomit Comet? Yes, and, and the name is true. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Uh, but we had folks that, uh, you know, that uh, said, well, I'm, I'm tough. I, they're not going to affect me. And it, it's it's extremely difficult not sure. to, uh, to when you experience those kind of Gs. And it's always the toughest ones that, that get, get it the worst, right? Yes. Yeah, yes. Yeah, you could be green in the face for days after a flight with those guys. Hmm. Wow. Um, was that your only stop at Wright-Patterson in your career? Uh, yes, yes. And then, 
So did you did you retire through Wright Pat? And then I know you spent some time in the reserves also. I did not retire from active duty. Um, the 4950th uh, test wing uh, was at a point in their manpower situation. They had civilian crew chiefs. I never knew there was such a thing as a civilian crew chief. And they said, are you interested in a civilian job? And it's like, okay, uh, hey, for an E5 compared to a WL13, that doesn't take long to make that decision. <laughs> I mean, still working for the Air Force, but uh, uh, in, a, in a much much more stable environment. And again, I'm not a military person, and so this is going to probably sound like an ignorant comment, but... I didn't know until recently that I just thought when you were in the reserves, it was a weekend a month and two weeks a year. But there are actually full-time reservists that work, that their job is to be in the reserves on a military installation. Yes. Um, there, um, there are different classifications. Uh, one of them that I'm familiar with is the art or the air reserve technician. Uh, that's actually a full-time uh, reservist. Uh, they also have uh, other categories of reserves like the 445th, uh, a lot of their pilots are actually airline pilots, right? right? Flying commercial aircraft and come and fly uh, for the 445th. Interesting. Um, you were that uh, was it? I think around this time you started a what I call a civilian career. Yes. Um, you uh, started to get into real estate. Um, yeah. Um, a little bit later, um, I went through several jobs at the 4950th Test Wing. I worked in the weight and balance. Worked in the the uh, dispatch uh, worked in the uh, quality control, and um, I was offered a job. Uh, I switched from uh, wage grade to GS or general schedule, which is uh, kind of the, from the blue collar to the white collar, uh, and was offered a job over to headquarters and moved over to headquarters and uh, spent um, you know, several years over to headquarters. <laughs> um, one of the one of your jobs that you did, I think, through headquarters at one point was you worked on the base realignment enclosure process. Yes. Uh, Can you talk, talk a little bit, because we went through a BRAC in yeah. 2010, I believe, around that. Huh. Is that what that stands for? Uh, base realignment enclosure. Yeah. So that's a, yeah. we went through See, a BRAC. I learn things all the time. I'll say in recent history, we've been through a BRAC and you were on the kind of the, the group that helped put those recommendations together. Uh, yeah, that was I was back before then. Uh, 95 BRAC was the one that okay. one that I worked. <clears throat> and um, that's uh, supposedly non-political, but it is political. Um, right. But there's a, a survey that goes out to the to, – and at that time, the Air Force Logistics Command, which is now the Air Material Command, um, had five depots. The, the depots are like the um, super garage of, of cars where your major – uh, maintenance is done. Uh, they actually take the aircraft in and disassemble them to some point and inspect them, x-ray them, put them back together and give them back to the flying forces. Um, but uh, they were looking at reducing the um, um, number of depots and uh, we ended up closing two of them, um, which is a process that like, I didn't have any say so in what base closed. It was my job to go close them in uh, Newark uh, Air Force Base up uh, on the other side of Columbus uh, was one of them. Uh, and 
it's it was a, a, a trying experience because you're, sure. you're you're impacting folks' lives. It's um, um, they get very emotional about it. Uh, the leadership on the, on the base is very emotional because their folks are very emotional about it. Uh, sure. You're offered a job at another ALC, but that means packing up and moving across country. And uh, in the civilian world, that's uh, military. You can't expect to do that, but the uh, sure. civilian world is is not not that much so. So, and I think in 1995 was when I think the DFAS uh, at the Desi plant in Kettering, I think, is when that got absorbed into Columbus, I believe, or got sent from there to somewhere else, uh, but. Yeah, so when you show up on the base, they're not happy to see you. They're not happy to see me. Uh, you know, they reserve parking spots out front, but you don't dare park there. You just park in the back and <laughs> go in the back door with the employees. <laughs> yeah, because – and in the in the survey, it's – you know, they look for things like um, what's your square footage uh, per employee? And uh, square footage of buildings, um, are you – do you have a uh, deep water port? Um, do you hmm. have um, multiple DOD functions? Is it uh, Army, Air Force, Navy? Right. Multiple services there. That's what they were looking for, trying to consolidate, uh, avoid any duplication they could. So those were all um, uh, those all were scored, and uh, that's how they came up with the uh, results. And and RAPAD has traditionally done well <coughs> in these in these BRAC processes. Um, I know in the most recent one we did, we uh, received submissions from San Antonio. Yeah. Um, and we, you know, there was some deck chair shuffling a little bit. We lost a couple, but I think overall we were a gainer here at, at RIPAD. Um, you know, why why do you think that RIPAD has been such a, has has gotten the missions that we've gotten and, and been such an important base? Oh, I wasn't privy to all of the, the documentation on that, but one of the things is uh, location, central location, um, base already, what the base capability is and, and uh, expansion, accommodation type things. I know we picked up the um, Navy equivalent of the Air Force AFIT. Okay. Uh, consolidated here. Um, it, it was... It was quite a quite a screening that they went through to to determine which which folks went where actually which mission went where which tagged the folks to go with them. And I don't know if anybody that's listening to this podcast, all ten of you, realize this or not. There's but, more than ten. Sorry, <laughs> uh, realize this or not, but anything that's purchased in the Air Force worldwide is purchased through Right Pat. For the most part, yes. The Air Force Material Command that that. Is mind-boggling to me that to think of the vast Air Force, right, and all the yeah. different missions and operations, and the majority of almost anything that's bought is done through our base here at in Dayton, Ohio. You know, the, the other strong factor is that you have to have a flying force there, so that's why we've always had, uh, even if it's a reserve unit, we've always maintained that. Uh, and that gets into politics of it that's uh, way, way, way up in the clouds somewhere. <laughs> sure. Somebody knows how that works. But uh, the political support for Wright-Patterson has been tremendous over the past decades. Interesting. Well, and, I, and I learned something new as well when I did some work with the marathon that, like, they are the sanctioned race for the entire Air Force, which I never knew. 
Um, which I think is pretty cool. Like yeah. the sanctioned Air Force race is here. Um, yeah, and, which, and Fairborn is the only city yeah. that the Air Force Marathon the Air Force that's right. goes through. Yeah. yeah, and I just, you know, I thought that, you know, that other Air Forces had their own races. And, you know, when I was talking with, uh, you know, Rachel, who's now the former race director, she's like, no, no. She's like, they may have their own, like, base race that's, you know, they just do. She's like, but we are the, the Air Force Marathon. Air Force Marathon. Wow. So, I mean, it's, there's just something to be said about, you know, Wright Patterson Air Force Base that I, I don't think people realize, like, how big of a deal it is. Right. It is. And there, there's lots of, um, lots of departments and, and missions at different bases. And that's one of the things we ran into when we we're out closing uh, bases uh, that they, they end up on the BRAC hit list. Um, I was down at uh, uh, San Antonio ALC and uh, East Kelly, for the folks that know, East Kelly is separated from um, the main base down there. Uh, and I think at the time they had one phone line. That ran over there. Uh, but uh, these guys came up and says, uh, where are we going? And we said, well, who are you? And they said, well, we're the Air Force boxing team. Hmm. Uh, yeah, you're not on any of these papers. <laughs> I didn't even know you exist, you know, and it's like, um, but that's something you don't want to lose. Right. Um, but uh, they had just built a uh, multimillion dollar uh, uh, a DECA headquarters building over in East hmm. Kelly. So uh, General Quarter was not happy with us when we said, you're closing. Right. So, <laughs> right. so uh, that's, that's between the generals and uh, to sort that out. But uh, um, those are things that, that, that went into the uh, decision process. I'm not the expert on, on BRAC. I just got to go out and do it. Uh, but, uh, you know, the uh, legacy monkeys. Right. At, uh, at, at, at Brooks, which is city-based Brooks now. It's like, you know, they still are maintained. Their quality of life is still maintained as, as much as, as possible. Um, that was one of the things that um, was, was interesting in, uh, in our 4950th was uh, the, the types of testing. And, and one of them uh, uh, involved the, the monkeys that uh, would get involved in the test before the humans were. So. Sure. Wow. Um, let's talk about your, so you, you began a career uh, in the real estate field. Yes. Um, talk a little bit about where that started and kind of what got you into that field. Well, it's, it was, it was an interest, uh, early on. Um, um, I got my real estate license in 90, I think 1990. So, um, it, it was interesting. Uh, I really enjoyed working with the first time home buyers. Yeah. I mean, trying to find somebody a, a house that they could afford and get into for their first house, it was always a special, special thing. Sure. Uh, whether they were uh, military or civilian, it, it, you know, the process is pretty much the same other than the financing. Some may have VA financing, some conventional, some FHA, whatever. But it was it was uh, interesting. And, and from that, I got into uh, property management, uh, managing uh, some units for a, a Fairborn guy that owned lots of properties. So it was, it was always interesting. How has that shaped your, or how has that helped you uh, be a better council member uh, having that experience and knowing kind of what the, the issues are with regard to just housing and, 
and altogether, how has that helped you become a better council member? It gives you a, a really good understanding from the uh, from the tenant's perspe- perspective. Um, it's you deal with folks that um, may or may not understand financing and financial money management, the basics, right? Um, and trying to trying to work with them um, and get them qualified to either buy or qualified to to rent, um, and understanding. Um, the, the maintenance side of it, um, that, that's always tough. Um, not, not all the tenants take care of the properties as if it was their own because it's not their own. Right. So you also deal with that. Uh, but you have some fantastic tenants and some that are maybe not so. Sure. Talk a little bit about um, what made you want to get involved in local government. Why, why you know, what, what – uh, possesses someone to say, okay, I really want to get involved. I want to run for an elected office. That moment of insanity. <laughs> you said that I didn't, <laughs> but yes, I guess what, well, I would say insanity now. I wouldn't say insanity then. Yeah. Um, but you know what, what made you want to throw your hat in the ring and, and run well, for council? Um, you know, Ed, to finish off the real estate side, uh, Lynn and I opened our own uh, real estate uh uh, brokerage uh, there at 25 South Central, uh, Keller and Associates. And we worked that for about uh, five years or so. And then real estate uh, really went in the, in the ditch, the gutter, the whatever. All right. Um, but we, by that time, we were thoroughly vested in Fairborn. Fairborn's our home. Uh, this is where we live. Uh, I didn't see um, Fairborn taking advantage of opportunities that I thought they should have or should. And that was uh, when I first started uh, going to council meetings and asking questions and um, asking, you know, why, why aren't we getting jobs or businesses come coming to Fairborn? And uh, they said, well, go talk to folks and see if they want to come to Fairborn. It's like, what am I going to offer? I'm not a city employee. (laughs) Right. right. So uh, got involved uh, uh, in um, registered, got got qualified on the ballot for for city council, and got elected. Uh, was um, hopefully part of the moving force uh, when we hired our first economic development director. Yeah, it says uh, you know there there are opportunities for our city. Let's let's at least go look at them. Yeah, you served a four year term as a as a council member. Yes, um, economic development has been your focus and. One of the things that in in your term, your first city council term, is the city did something that we hadn't normally done up to that point. We adopted a strategic plan. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I was uh, I was one of the very loud voices, I guess, trying to say, "Where are we going? What's the plan? Right. Where, what direction are we going? Who's steering the ship?" You know, and I think council should steer the ship, and they should do that through the strategic plan. And it says this. This is what we think is important for our city. Um, so do we have goals? Can we set goals? Can we uh, look in the crystal ball and see where we think our city will be in three, five, seven years from now? Right. Uh, what do we want it to be? Do we want to try to add, uh, um, you know, one of the things was, was housing, is the housing selection in Fairborn. Um, being in real estate, I've been in a lot of the houses in Fairborn. I, right. 
being six four, I've left hair and scalp in several other basements. <laughs> but right. Right. Um, you know, um, nothing against uh, housing, but you didn't have a real big selection. A lot of our housing was aged, um, three bedroom, one bath. Right. How's that? Eight hundred and sixteen square feet. How right. Does that fit you? It doesn't. Right. You know, if we're if we're looking where we're going, I mean that those those homes are great. They serve a purpose, but they don't serve everyone's purpose. Sure. And uh, trying to uh, uh, get us to to look at uh, development, uh, new houses. Uh, of course, you know where most of the your property tax goes. Uh, it's uh, boosts the schools. Right. So, um, but that that's part of the strategic planning is to where are you going? What, what are you trying to get to? In your time on council, and we'll talk about your term as mayor too. Um, it's funny that you mentioned the schools because. Uh, the, the relationship between the city and the schools has not always been what I would call amicable. <laughs> right. Um, I, I think there were, you know, contentious, I would say, would be a word at some at times. Uh, but talk about how that's changed and, and kind of what, you know, I think you're part of the, the the pressure to say, hey, look, we're in the same sandbox here. We we need to figure out how to work together to to clean this up. We do. And, you know, as the city school goes, so goes the city. As the city goes, so go the schools. And that's something that we agreed upon. Uh, We've had uh, joint uh, city uh, school board meetings um, that I I think are are fantastic. Uh, We get to talk about uh, um, projects, issues of the city. We get to hear straight from the uh, Board of uh, Education uh, their side of the story. Um, I think they've done a tremendous job. Uh, they've gotten the uh, citizens on board. Um, a lot of um, communities, uh, municipalities, uh, um, school levies don't pass. Right. I mean, but uh, the folks in Fairborn uh, really supported that. And that's uh, uh, credit to the, uh, the school board and, uh, and having a good working relationship across uh, the city and, and working together to do that. Yeah, absolutely. Um you served a four-year term as a council member. Yes. Uh, there was an open mayor seat due to a um, term limit. Uh, the mayor seat's open. Uh, what uh, what possessed you to say, yeah, I think I really want to be the mayor? Um, maybe a little peer, peer pressure from the council. But, uh, <laughs> right. Um, it, it's a, a chance to uh, continue uh, as mayor. You know, I, I get a little louder voice maybe in a strategic plan. Um, uh, and trying to lead and coordinate that. Um, but um, just kind of continue uh, trying to move our city forward. I don't think people understand the commitment that it takes to, number one, be an elected official to begin with. But there's more so of a commitment when it comes to being the mayor. Yeah. Uh, as as mayor, you are the face of the city. And uh, people uh, have... Um, expectations. There's a, a tremendous uh, uh, demand request uh, for the mayor to be at different events, right. uh, uh, different times of the day, different times of the evenings, uh, Saturdays, Sundays. There's there's no, no no really off time. And I'll say there's a there's a very uh, small, very vocal group that says, you know, you're you're making all this money as a council member. What are you <laughs> doing with it? Um, we joke, I think just in, when we talk, if you really look at what you get paid per hour 
um, it would be <laughs> it'd be eye opening given the number of hours that you work versus the, the meager compensation that you all are given. Yeah, and and, and the council as well, but the the mayor more so. Um, you know, I I've been challenged. It says, well, you're paid to do two meetings a month, and it's like, well, there's more to that than more right. to the mayor's job <laughs> than two meetings a month. Um, it's like I was paid to, you know, only work on Sundays as a preacher. So Right. Yeah, right. right. Yeah. Same, same mentality. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And uh, when when I tried to explain that, the person that was complaining uh, uh, posted on Facebook that I was complaining about my salary. Right. And it's <laughs> totally, totally off. It's right. like, no, that's not it. Um, what, what are you the most proud of in your term as just being on council? I won't just say the mayor. But in your 10 years, what what do you look back and you're like, yeah, I'm really happy that this happened or that we were able to do this? Well, um, I'm, I, I'm proud um, to get to know the city manager, the, the directors and the staff. I think we have a fantastic uh, city group of employees who's also the face of the city. They're the ones that the citizens uh, uh, meet out on the street type thing. But there's, there's some certain things like the strategic plan. I'm extremely proud that we have a strategic plan, uh, that we have some focus on where we're trying to get the city to go. I was um, very instrumental in getting the first uh, citizens leadership uh, right. class going. And I, I think that's something that's still important today. Uh, it's a way to give the citizens a look at each of the departments in the city. Right. And, um, being mayor and and having an interface with a lot of citizens, there's n- not a lot of knowledge out there of what what is included in the city. Right. You know, I get asked, well, the the city library, the Fairborn Library, that's yours, right? That's run by Greene County. You know. Right. Well, the city schools, Fairborn City Schools, right? There. Why don't you give them more money? And it's like they're not in our budget line. They have a <laughs> separate budget. They're they're controlled to run by the Board of Education. Right. Um, there's some uh, misunderstanding of, of what's in the city and what's not. You've had a very keen interest, and I feel like one of the things we've done in your term that is a positive, you, you've been always been very interested in downtown Fairborn. Yes. Uh, you were a member of the, then it was called the Downtown Fairborn Betterment Association, DFBA. Yes. It's now the Downtown Fairborn Committee, DFC, but you've always had a passion for downtown Fairborn. Um, you know, one of the things I think we've done well is we've, we've cleaned up some spaces downtown. We've filled some, some vacancies. Um, talk about, you know, what you thought needed to happen and then what you think may still need to happen downtown. Yeah. Uh, downtown has always been, uh, uh, an interest of mine because not all cities have a downtown, right? Somebody at Rotary says he spent 60 years looking for downtown Beaver Creek. Right. <laughs> so, I mean, nothing against Mayor Stone. I'm sorry. But, right. um, you know, we have a downtown. Uh, we, uh, we're very proud of it, and we work to revitalize it. And the uh, the DFBA, my early on experience is those. I chaired the Economic uh, Development, uh, um, Economic Revitalization Committee, the ER, uh, which gave a different uh, uh, connotation maybe to it. But uh, <laughs> you got to go to the ER uh, emergency room, but no, it's the Economic Revitalization Committee, and uh, but we worked uh, to try to get uh, businesses downtown. You know, right. the the when the mall went in over here, 
um, that pulled a lot of uh, businesses downtown. Yeah. I'd still get asked, well, why don't you bring a shoe store downtown? Why don't you bring a suit store back? Why don't right. you bring this? It's like, do you know somebody that wants to come downtown? Uh, you know, we can't, we don't have a magic wand and just make these things appear. Somebody has to put out the venture capital and, and uh, make that happen. But uh, trying to get our uh, downtown revitalized, um, and, and, you know, as a city, we've made a significant investment uh, in the middle of downtown there um, and some, made some great improvements to some of the buildings and facilities. I think the Spark is a, um, is a good success story, yeah. um, moving uh, the neighborhood nest uh, along the, the steps and into uh, their, where they are now is, is, is a great success story. I know we, at one time, I think we had like 12 vacant business locations in downtown. Uh, We got that up to, I think we had two, and then COVID came along, and we lost four or five, and now now we're building back again. So, uh, you know, the the long term is uh, let's do Main Street, let's turn the corner and go down Broad Street. So, I I think we've really done our, a lot, I won't say we've done everything we can, but we've done a lot to... Uh, let, let the outside world know what's going on downtown. Uh, one of the things that, that we try to do, you know, when I first took over was we really wanted to, to bring belly buttons to our downtown. So we we manifest that in a couple different ways. But the primary way we did it is we started throwing parties downtown. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Music and food and beer gardens is how is what gets people to come out. And we got crowds. Yes. We did, yeah. Yes. So I, I you know, I'm thankful that, uh, you know, a lot, not a lot of, elected officials would have the faith in staff uh, to take that on because, you know, there are some folks that believe that's not what city should be doing. Um, some of our residents believe that's not what city should be doing. Uh, but we've, we've honed it in now, I think to the point where it really is additive to what's happening downtown. I think it's brought a lot of people that maybe would have never thought to come to downtown Fairborn that now come down there. They do. And, um, talk about me but it's it's not all me it's you know without the entire team without the city manager assistant city manager communications manager all of our department heads you know that's that's what makes things happen it's not one person uh doing this it's uh uh, you you've been a a tremendous leadership role in the day-to-day operation of our city that uh has made a tremendous impact on our city i agree with you it's been a wonderful team effort it's it's uh you know i'm have a few ideas here and there, but you know, when, when push comes to shove, um, you know, it's the staff that puts everything together and makes it the incredible event that it turns out to be. It's, you know, I, I couldn't, we, you know, I wouldn't be able to stand here and talk about this if it wasn't for the staff that we have in place. It's terrific. Yes, absolutely. Any questions, Megan, you thought of anything? No, I'm just sitting here enjoying it. <laughs> like I always do. So you are, this is, we're now coming up on your last few weeks as mayor. Yeah, I have uh, one and a quarter council meeting left. <laughs> not that he's counting. Not that I'm counting. <laughs> Man. Uh, well, <laughs> no, it, 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 term limits is a good thing. You know, I wish we had it at the federal level so that there weren't so many career politicians. But it's it's good to change. It's good to get uh, new folks in and, and new ideas. And I, I hope we continue that. And in our work session, you know, uh, one of my challenges to the, to the council was um, – I always like the work sessions. Yeah. You know, the work sessions is to me is where it came together. Uh, you came to a council meeting, you'd, you'd hear something read, and everybody would vote, and 
we get accused of rubber stamping. It's like, well, if you'd come to work session, then right. you'd heard the real discussion, the yays and nays and pros and cons and, and that, that sort of it, uh, to, to, to work it into a, um, into an ordinance or a resolution that uh, would make it to council, the formal right. session. Um, so I, I always enjoyed the, um, the uh, work sessions, and I you know, challenged uh, council to, to keep it coming, to, to keep the uh, uh, participation and, and conversations going uh, in, in work sessions, because I, I think that's, uh, to me, it's, it's, I know the, the council is the actual formal part. We know you never vote in work sessions or anything like that, but that's where the, the major work is done and, and the discussion to get everybody knowledgeable on, uh, on what we're going to vote on in the council sessions. Yeah, I agree. And it's where, like you said, different opinions can come to the table Yep. and talk about an idea, talk about what they believe. And then, you know, not that our council votes almost entirely unanimously. And that's not because, um, you know, people aren't informed. They just do what everybody else does. It's because the, an idea or an item has been discussed. They've had an opportunity to ask questions and they've made up their mind. Um, you know, I think people give elected officials a bad rap and just think, we just do what the city manager tells you to do. That's not it at all. It, it is not. Now, when I first came on council, uh, someone would, from the city would deliver a package of paper to my <laughs> right. front door, which was the read ahead and all right. the information that was included. So I would have uh, Friday night, Saturday, Sunday, all day Monday to ask questions of staff, uh, city manager, right. whoever, and be prepared for council Monday evening. Um, now, thankfully, we don't kill that many trees. It's all done electronically. Uh, it comes in on the iPad. Um, and you're, you're able to, uh, I think, do a better job of um, looking at the uh, read-ahead material and being prepared to, to discuss or, or vote. Yeah. You received an outstanding recognition just last week. Uh, you were inducted into the 2023 class of the Ohio Veterans Hall of Fame. Yes. And for those of you that are listening, that is not based on your military service. It is not. Uh, you need to be a veteran to qualify. Correct. But it is based on your service to the community from the time you are done being a vet, being active duty to now. Uh, and you were one of 20 Ohioans that were inducted, along with another Fairbornite, Laurel Mayer. Yes. Uh, but you were one of 20 uh, that were inducted. Talk about that. Talk about... Uh, you know what what that means to you that, that's tremendous um it, it's very it's very honoring and it's very humbling to to join those that are there there was 117 applicants wow um the, the packages are reviewed and it's almost a six months well not quite six months but yeah. process uh the folks at uh, columbus and um they're very structured about what you need in the package uh, probably because there's a bunch of veterans in there and government workers. <laughs> and military but, yeah. people. <laughs> yeah, military guys. <laughs> but um, it, it is based, uh, as you said, on uh, uh, have you continued to serve and what have you done for the community since you, since you retired? It is, it is not based on uh, military uh, service. And I think just having gotten to know you over these past, well, I've been here almost eight years, uh, but certainly your six years as mayor, um, it's overdue. I think your your dedication to this community needs to be celebrated uh, because you've and you know I think I apologize to you quite a bit because I <laughs> you get a lot of 
Hey, you get a lot of negative feedback because some of the stuff that, <laughs> that I do or that we try to try to do here at the city. Uh, so I apologize for that. But uh, your service to this community has been tremendous. And, um, you know, I, 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 I the last question I'll ask you is what are you going to do next? But before I say that is you know, you're an asset to this community and we need to figure out a way to, to continue to utilize you in some form or fashion. Even if it's not an elected official, you have you have a lot left to give. Uh, and you're a resource that we can't lose track of. Well, as uh, there were three inductees from Greene County, right? And it and it tells you, but we are we are a community um, of a lot of veterans here, and that's something you pick up in in the in the service. And um, early on, you learn that um, um, you can bump along and complain, or you can um, provide input and make a contribution. And you get out what you put in, so it's there's no free ride, um, and you have to take that mindset. And I, I think the f- the fact that uh, we had three uh, inductees from Green County says a lot about this area that we have. Uh, of course, we're right here next to the largest employer in the, in the base. <laughs> the state of the, Ohio, right? Yeah, yeah. IT's uh, base commander. I said, "Well, we're we're." Just next door neighbors were really, really close. We're only <laughs> separated by a tall chain link fence, constantly wiring an armed guard. So, yeah. Right. <laughs> so, but but we, we have a really good working relationship with the with the base that I'm I'm very proud of. Um, um, being retired military, I have access uh, immediate access to to those areas over there and 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 stay in touch uh, with those folks. What uh, what are your plans after um, after these next couple of weeks after you're officially no longer the mayor. What do you plan to do? Um, I take a little time off first. Sure. Uh, somebody asked me the other day, so what's the first thing you're going to do? And I said, probably turn my phone off. <laughs> right. But um, <laughs> I, I will stay involved. Uh, there's committees and boards. Uh, I've already been approached about a few. Um, uh, one of the commissioners has, has said uh, he wants me to get in involved at the county level, and uh, we'll see where that goes. I'm not really looking for another elected position. But I would like to stay in, involved uh, uh, in in our community in in Fairborn. I mean, it's it's my hometown. Anyway, I've lived here longer than I have anywhere else. Right. Anything, Megan? You want to ask? Well, I'll get to it. Paul, is there anything that we left off? Anything you'd like to talk about that I didn't get to? I again, I probably I know you well enough that I know some of these things that other people don't. So I probably could ask you other questions, but. What, what haven't we covered that you would like to? Um, I, I think you've covered it fairly well. You know, one of the one of the things I want to reiterate is that it, it takes more than one person to, to make things happen. And there's no need for you to apologize, although you do that a lot. Uh, <laughs> but uh, you help us look outside the box. And if we don't do that, then we're stuck in the rut and we do what we always did and we get what we always got type thing. So... That uh, to me is is significant. Well, thank you. I uh, uh, I've told other people that you've spoiled me uh, from as a city manager because you know our relationship is better than I've ever had with any other elected official. Um, I not only consider you the mayor, I consider you a friend. Uh, whether you feel that way or not, I don't know, but <laughs> I consider you a friend, Paul, and and I appreciate what you've done for me in my career. It's been um, and again, that's why I apologize because I feel really bad that uh, some of the negative feedback that you get because of some things that we try to do or some things that we do is 
really not necessary, but that's why I feel bad about it because I, you know, I hold you in such high regard and respect that I'm sorry that people don't. <laughs> that's, 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 that's not necessary. I mean, that's, and, and I tell the council member, I said, you know, you can't let three or four people sway you from serving the 34,000 plus people that you were elected to serve. And um, sometimes uh, the squeaky wheel gets the grease uh, sure. inadvertently or whatever. Um, and there was a, a study, I don't have the guy's name, where he said, um, you know, the, the, the people that come and complain um, do not necessarily or mostly do not represent the community as a whole. Right. Uh, there are people that have very strong feelings and, and they should express them. I mean, we're, America is free speech. So, but you have to have to be able to step back and say, is this the majority of the folks? Is this the will of the majority of the folks? And, and I think the uh, majority of the folks in Fairborn, uh, a lot of them that I talk to, think that we are on the right track and uh, thank us for the, the direction we're going and the progress that we've made. Uh, we probably not going to get a Ford or a GM plant. I don't know that I would want that right. Fairborn. But uh, as as you well know, uh, we picked up the Pepsi distribution did, yep. uh, center there. Uh, we have, I think, the largest Kroger market in the we do. in the area. We, we picked up uh, Menards, uh, which employs lots of our folks, and we have a lot of mom and pop shops uh, as well that uh, folks work at. And and to me, that's part of the economic development. It's um, it's it's having jobs for people in Fairborn to work in Fairborn. Um, you know, uh, the idea of a sleepy bedroom community is maybe attractive to a few, but uh, how does a city survive if right. all the citizens go elsewhere to work and pay income tax elsewhere? Somewhere else, right. Uh, so um, uh, from the economic development uh, standpoint, I, I think we've made uh, good progress. I know it's a very competitive field out there. Everybody's looking for that. Uh, We've gone through some of the final threes uh, on, on close, the, yeah, on close, a couple, yeah, yeah, and uh, but you know, um, I, I appreciate uh, the staff staying in there and and, and keep trying. I, I'd be remiss if I didn't uh, allow you a minute to talk about. You've got an excellent partner that uh, is right along beside you in this whole journey. Um, talk about how important that's been because you know it's there's a lot of. Like you said, a lot of meetings, a lot of, you know, we've been to a lot of dinners together, a lot of lunches. You miss some time at home. Talk about how important that is if somebody that understands. It, it's very important. And um, Linda is uh, raised in the Air Force also. Her, her dad was uh, Air Force, and they moved around. And, you know, it was not a surprise that uh, uh, the mayor's job takes me out uh, several evenings of, of the week. Um, she's been fantastic. She's a... Uh, um, a strong supporter, you know, uh, a soulmate, um, a life partner. Um, they're just not words to, to adequately describe that relationship uh, of, of support. Sure. Uh, she understands that and, and she does support me. And I, it's, um, they're just not words to say enough appreciation on, on how that goes. Beautiful way to end it. Yeah. <laughs> Can't, yeah. Uh, Can't add to that. So, right. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, Paul, thank you for uh, for telling your story. And, you know, we'll get to celebrate you a little bit here in the next few weeks as we, we come up to the last council meeting. But I want to tell you that I 
appreciate everything you've done for me. And I don't know that I could ever repay that um, in two lifetimes, but it's been important uh, that you've been a big supporter and you've helped. And, and again, I apologize because I know what you've had to put up with, but um, it's, it's been a lot to me and it's, it's allowed us to do some things that a lot of communities don't do. Um, And I would say 95% of them have worked. We, yeah. we've, been, we've been more successful than we haven't. We've been doing a high success rate, yeah. and and you've been a, a tremendous part of that. So I don't, I don't think any apology is needed on, on anywhere. I mean, it's part of the job. Uh, um, you learn to take the flaming arrows in the chest, <laughs> like right. a, you know. Like a, <laughs> <Right>. So, uh, <laughs> but you you have to have to keep moving. We'll probably still apologize. Yeah, I'll, at least one more time at yeah. some point. Because I feel like after this drops, we'll, we'll probably need to apologize again. Oh, right. Uh-oh. <laughs> For something, so, I'm sure. <laughs> so we're going to talk about a few more things, Paul. You're welcome to stick around and, and, and yeah. interject. We've got a few things coming up we're going to talk about in the community, and I'd like to get your input. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so this is the last podcast before Thanksgiving. That's right. So uh, I have a question okay. for you, and maybe for you, if you feel like. Uh, answering. So what are you thankful for this year? I'll let the mayor go first. Lots of things to be thankful for. Uh, I mean, yeah. it's just, you know, uh, trying to say this is what I'm most thankful for is, is really, really tough. I didn't say what are you most thankful for. I just said, what are yeah. you thankful for? I, I, I know. You, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm the guy that works from a list. Okay. Right. I forgot. <laughs> uh, uh, but, you know, uh, friends and family uh, support. Um, no, not in, including the 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 uh, Fairborn City family, and and right. we are really a family. Mm-hmm. Um, and but the your your home family and and being able to um, celebrate this time of year and be thankful for lots of different things. That's fair. Yeah, I would ditto. I mean, I think that's a very well said, Mayor. I think it's you know just to be. Uh, able to celebrate with our folks here and, and with our family is a lot more than you know, is more than a lot of people can say. So um, thankful for that, if nothing else. Yeah, and I would say, uh, you know, I I'm thankful that I get to see my kids do currently what they're loving to do, and yeah. I'm thankful for my husband that he is uh, getting to do more things. Um, you know, at the at the fire stations that in the firehouse that he's, you know, really excited about doing. And, um, you know, I'm just thankful to be here uh, and get to do what I enjoy doing here too. So you're here. Yeah. So anyway, I just, I like asking that question. Yeah, that was good. Just to hear what people say. Okay. So speaking of Thanksgiving, uh, and the non Turkey Turkey day for me, um, (laughs) (laughs) we won't talk about that. It's a sad day for me sometimes. So uh, we have three organizations that are doing some really cool things uh, for people who might be in need of um, meals uh, for Thanksgiving. So first off is Fish. Uh, On Tuesday of next week, uh, Fish is having their Thanksgiving giveaway at 12 p.m. Right. Uh, So they always do some really cool stuff. Miami Valley Meals on Wednesday will be at the Fairborn Phoenix um, Wednesday the 22nd from 12 to 2 p.m. So they're giving away some meals and then the senior center on thanksgiving day they have a free lunch and i know you've i volunteered before yeah volunteered for that that's pretty cool 
Uh, so their Thanksgiving lunch, uh, they have two times, 12 and 1 p.m., uh, but you need to call for reservations. Uh, and I'm going to give you that number, but we'll also put it in the show notes, 937-878-4141. And you need to call by November 20th. So, but I'll put that in the show notes as well. well. Senior Center does a great job with that. That's a wonderful lunch. So Yeah. And they serve a, so they not only do a sit-in, you can actually get meals delivered. Yes. Uh, which are, you know, very helpful for the folks that aren't able to get out. Yeah. So, so and then our offices are closed next Thursday and Friday. Correct. Ooh. And then we're going to close for lunchtime on Monday. Um, oh, that's right. Because we do a citywide uh, employee Thanksgiving uh, meal that we get a chance to just take an hour or two and and break some bread and have a good meal with our you know, I really feel like we should just family. close the rest of the day because it really feels <laughs> like none of us are pretty. We have a council meeting that night, so we can't close for the rest of the day. Well, I mean, not the rest of the and day. And it's a doozy. But... <laughs> Yeah, we got a big agenda. Sorry, Paul. The agenda is full. I know. <laughs> it's full. Uh, but yeah, so we've we've got a, a little bit of time there we can spend as a as a group and. It's like we need to institute like a nap hour. After that one. Uh, I'm not sure the public would appreciate that. Oh, if we, that's why I'm saying we just need to like close the building for an extended period of time that day. I mean, I'm not going to be eating turkey, but I mean, you get lots of people eating turkey. The trip to fan the kicks trip in. Trip to fan we, kicks in, right. and it's like. You know, it's snooze fest. Yeah. I think we'll be okay. All right. That's fine. Uh, so after uh, Friday, so after Black Friday, is always Small Business Saturday. Yeah. So it's a good opportunity to head downtown and support all of our businesses. Um, so check that out. I don't know if you have anything else you want to say about that. Uh, we have some wonderful small business downtown that people can come and shop. And we have a very good variety of things. It's really interesting, the, the mix of different vendors and, and um, different shops we have downtown. It's really, really interesting, Mick. Yeah, yeah. If you're looking for something unique, you can find it in downtown Fairborn. <laughs> yeah, and it, it's always good to shop local, too. Absolutely. So always push that for the folks. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. If you missed it last week, I forget what day it was. I think it was last Monday. Uh, the Christmas tree or the holiday tree, whichever your, your flavor is, um, was put up. Yes. Pretty cool. Uh, I want to give a thanks to Laura Adams. She's the one that donated the tree, and she's donating it, donating it in memory of her mother, Leah. Um, and the holiday event is December 1st, so that's coming up pretty quickly. Uh, and it'll be from 4 p.m. to 7 p.m. downtown. And I'll let you, once again, explain the sadness that people are having. <laughs> so no, this no parade this year because of the construction on Broad Street. Correct. Um, so we aren't able to do a parade this year. We will do a parade next year, but we are doing some increased kids activities. Candy Cane Lane will have a few more things going on. It'll be open longer. So folks can come downtown and, and spend more time in Candy Cane Lane. And then we will have Santa Claus and the city council members light the tree. Um, the Fairborn Civic Band will be playing again. I think we'll have some dancers that will we'll dance again so it'll be a wonderful time to come down and enjoy some entertainment um even though there won't be a, a horse parade this year uh we'll get back bigger and better hopefully next year with the horse parade correct and there'll be food trucks and there'll be food trucks correct which is terrific yeah so anyway so no more being sad people right <laughs> right it will be okay so this friday so this is wednesday Right. So this Friday, which will be seventeenth, November 17th, the winter sports uh, basketball teams 
are going to do the meet the basketball team. So from high school to youth basketball uh, are going to be a baker starting at 6 p.m. So we're going to meet all the basketball teams. There's also going to be the Fairborn ROTC, right? the Fairborn cheerleaders, and I think the ASL, if I'm not mistaken. I believe so. They're going to do, it seems like, a bunch of other, like, kind of mini games. I don't know what all they're doing. Look right. like there was a... It's like a family night. Family they're doing night, like a yeah. little family-oriented thing. Yep. So bring so the family. check that out. It's at Bakerfield House, 6 p.m., uh, and get to know the basketball teams. So it seems like a pretty cool thing. In the last year that they will play in the gym that they are currently in. That is very true. they moved to the new facility, which is right. incredible, by the way. There's a lot of lasts. Last, yeah. Last this year. Yeah. At Baker. And the last thing I have is Giovanni's. This is pretty cool. Giovanni's is celebrating 70 years uh, this week, week yeah. through uh, the Sunday. So head to Giovanni's. Um, there looks like they're doing all kinds of fun things. Um, <laughs> everything except taking all their prices back to 1953 prices. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody did ask that. I saw that. Somebody said, are you taking the prices back to that? And they said, no. Um, <laughs> so, but they're doing other fun things. Like you can win prizes and all that good stuff. Uh, they're taking the menu, I think, back to what it was. So they are bringing some old recipes out that they haven't had in a while. So, yeah. Yeah. So that's through Sunday, November 19th. So head to Giovanni's and celebrate 70 years with them. Um, I need to brag on one of our own here for a minute. I know um, for those of you that may have seen on our social media, Sam Fullen, yeah. one of our uh, police officers, has started something over the summer. It was a shop with a Fairborn police officer mm-hmm. um, and started collecting donations from local businesses to help families in need. And it's really a legacy. I believe his dad was a, a very philanthropic, did a lot of, of giving. I think his parents dedicated much of their lives to helping other people. And Sam is continuing in that in that regard. Um, Sam has, has done some amazing work in collecting donations. Uh, they just held the f- shop with a Fairborn police officer event uh, at Kroger. It was last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were able to help 20 families. Um provide meals, uh, gift cards, um, help them uh, get through the holidays. Um, and they were in, worked in partnership with Fairborn Fish. Um, and just Sam, I'd have to give Sam some some kudos. He uh, he really took this on, wasn't sure how big it was going to be when he did it, and it was monstrous. Yeah. Um, and hopefully growing, um, he'll be able to grow it a little bit next year. Um, so I need to give him a shout out. And then if you see uh, Jeff Schmidt, yeah, uh, made him uh, one of Jeff's heroes. So he was uh, the last hero for November, and then he's in the running to be the hero of the year. Uh, what he received for being the the hero of the month uh, was five thousand dollars. And as a police officer, he is unable to to take that uh, donation from Jeff Schmidt. So he turned around and donated that to uh, the Fairborn Fish Pantry and Michael's House, two outstanding uh, local charities that do amazing things for people. Um, and if he wins. He will get a ten thousand uh, dollar donation if he's the one for the for the year, uh, which I'm sure he will turn around, have to turn around then and right. donate <laughs> donate again. But you can vote for Sam uh, at the Jeff Schmidt site. I believe you can vote once a day. Mm-hmm. Um, so awesome. please, if you are so inclined, uh, take to the internet and vote for Sam Fullen uh, because he's doing some amazing work and, and helping others, and it really needs to be commended. So really happy and, and proud of what Sam's doing to represent Fairborn. We'll put that in the show notes. Absolutely. And if if you saw any of the pictures from last week, uh, th- there were some really cool ones. Um, I think the the police department put some up on their site. Um, Jeff Smith actually had an interview with Sam 
Um, we put some up. Um, and if you didn't know that Kroger had a mascot, um, I did not. <laughs> they do. It's a giant shopping bag with groceries coming at the top. Oh, fantastic. It, <laughs> it's hysterical, <laughs> but super fun. Great. Paul, did you have something? Anything else, Paul? Um, no, but Sam got a lot of accolades at the Rotary meeting today. Good. So awesome. Uh, he, that got announced and, uh, a lot of expression of appreciation and uh, acknowledgement of, of what he's doing and, and the great things that comes out of it. So, And you have to keep in mind, the, the crazy thing about it is, is he's doing this, you know, while still trying to do his police work right. uh, and fitting this in as part of his day. And it's just been amazing. So. Well, and I, from my understanding, too, is a lot of the donation stuff is happening on his off days. Um, wow. And at least how I've understood it is that he's he's making sure that he does those when he's not at work. Um, and wow. The people that volunteered for the shop with the Fairborn Cop did it all on their their off day. Um, wow. Which was you know phenomenal too. So awesome. Great. Yeah. Is that it, Megan? Cool stuff. That's all I got. Paul, again, appreciate you being good. here. Thanks Thank for you. telling your story and thanks for your service to the community and. We look forward to working with you and whatever's next for you. All right. Thank you. That's it. it. We'll see you around town.